Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Welcome back to the Brodo Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days, brought to you by the Brodo team, Mike Petrop, Jason Petrop, Tim Petrop, and Santiago Casanova. Welcome back to the Summer Heat Wave, powered by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. 32 teams in 32 days. 30 tau times. 32 times. Doing it Brodo style, covering every fantasy relevant player, every team. Today, we're looking at the Indianapolis Colts. I'm your host, Jason, joined by Michael. That's him. Uh, before we get started, we want to remind you to download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app that has every single tool you need to draft a winning team, to keep a winning team, and to win championships. Free for a limited time. On the app, you get fantasy player cards, a who to draft tool, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, exclusive stats, and much, much more. Free for a limited time. Thanks to our patrons over at patreon.com slash Fantasy. Uh, you can join now to support the show and the app. All of our money is going towards this app, people. You know exactly where it's going. And hopefully, I'd say you're benefiting benefiting from it. Yeah. Because it's a solid app. So if you want to support, um, please, patreon.com slash Fantasy. More than just supporting, though, you get to join a community. Our Discord is awesome. A lot of people always throwing their teams in there, discussing, talking about who they should draft, if they should make a trade. You can play in the leagues. With everyone or the Brodo Bros, depending on what tier you choose, you can get an extra podcast per week, the waiver podcast. Uh, you can get private team consultations, free giveaways. Um, Santiago has a DFS cash game optimizer that's going to come out during the season just for patrons. A lot's going on. Don't miss it. Also, you can find everything at BrotoFantasy.com, our hub. Also on BrotoFantasy.com now, Cheat Sheet. For your drafts, it's our rankings, and if you click on someone, it goes dark, so you know that they were drafted. Use it when you're drafting. Super useful. Uh, with that being said, let's dive in to Indie, baby, and we'll start with the coaches, of course, the coaching outlook. You can sound like you were starting with uh, the rival. Uh, you can expect a similar offense. Frank Reich's still around as a head coach for the Colts. And their new offensive coordinator is Marcus Brady. But he was the assistant quarterback coach two years ago, quarterback coach last year. So an internal move up the chain. I don't expect much to change for the Colts. Last year, they had a 55-45 pass run split, which is outside the top 25 in pass percentage, one of the most run-heavy teams. And I expect that to stay the same this year. I'll just dive right into the running backs, and then I'll let Michael talk about the quarterback. Um, because this team is probably going to be a team that is in the top five in rushing percentage, or at least top 10. 45% of the time last year, even with a rookie who didn't really perform well until the second half, and even with an injury to Marlon Mack, who isn't good in the first place, but you get the point. So where I miss you being able to shit on Marlon Mack <sighs> weekly when so he was bad, like, quote-unquote, viable. Yeah. Me too. It was fun. Um, so that gets me, look, to Jonathan Taylor, because he's going in the first round right now. Don't be afraid of Marlon Mack, first of all. Marlon Mack was never good. He wasn't good when he was drafted. He wasn't good when he was a part-time player. He wasn't good when he was a full-time player. 
when he was a starter. And now he's coming off a r- fucking ruptured Achilles. And you expect him to come take playing time away from their early second round pick last year, Jonathan Taylor? Please. Maybe he'll get a rush here once there or here. Don't draft Marlon Mack. And don't worry about Marlon Mack. Naheem Hines, on the other hand, that guy you could worry about a little bit. He'll probably see some passing game work. Um, he'll definitely see some passing game work. He'll he'll definitely see some passing game work. If you want to go to the Brodo site or the app, we have an article, um, Players to Target Late in Drafts, where John Luca, a writer for Brodo, touches on how good Naeem Hines was last year. He was top 10 in rushing yards. Um, I'm sorry, points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. He was good with the ball in his hands. And he'll probably, he's going to get passing game work. But that doesn't mean that Jonathan Taylor isn't. Last year, Jonathan Taylor had 36 catches, 299 yards through the air. I expect him to siphon a little bit more from Naheem Hines this year. And then if you look at rushing, he was third in the league in rushing yards last year as a rookie. And then if you look at his first 10 weeks of the season, he was running back 19. The last six weeks, he finished as running back six. So he improved as time went on. And then if you want to talk about playing time as well, Frank Reich has said, and I quote, I think going into the season this year, it'll be a little bit more, hey, Jonathan will be a little bit more of the bell cow. But we're still going to spread it around. So similar to last year, but let Jonathan Taylor siphon off a few more touches from Naheem Hines is basically what Reich is saying. Last year, Jonathan Taylor had 16 carries from inside the five. The issue with that is you need to get there. You need to get inside the five. And there's some question marks around Carson Wentz, although his recovery is looking splendid. Quentin Nelson, who also looks like he's having a very good recovery. If both of those guys are healthy, then Jonathan Taylor will continue to go in the first round and possibly even climb more. I think that Jonathan Taylor, right now, eighth in running back ADP, so the eighth running back off the board. Which um, is a first-round pick. Which is a first-round pick. I don't know if his ceiling is much higher than that. And that's the only thing. So I don't like drafting people at their ceiling. Now, when it comes to the first round, that's a little technical because you can't really go much higher. But Jonathan Taylor might not have the overall running back one potential that other people like Cook or Kamara have, which is why you draft those guys over Devontae Adams. Like, I'm not drafting Jonathan Taylor over Devontae Adams Mm -hmm. or Travis Kelsey. Me neither. So that's my only shtick, I guess I'm going to go with, about Jonathan Taylor. I like the guy. I think he's going to perform well. I think he's going to put up good numbers. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's a boringly great season. Where he gives you a game where it's 12 points, 12 points, 12 points. And then he breaks out for 30. And then he's back to 10. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the type of season we see from Jonathan Taylor. Which is fine. At the end of the year, he'll have a lot of points. I just think it'll be a little boring. Yeah, I mean, I've been actively fading Jonathan Taylor at his ADP. Um, I just don't trust that offense is going to be good enough. I also don't believe he is going to become this three-down workhorse. I do think Naheem Hines is going to get work. I do think Marlon Mack is even going to mix in a little bit, even if he doesn't have a significant role in that offense even two to three rushes a game is can add up. That's 30, 40 rushes by the end of the season. And people are just sleeping on the fact that Jonathan Taylor sucked the first 10 games of his career. 
He was running back 19. And that's still, not huh? even like... But now he's being drafted in the first round. When his... Everyone's saying... Dude, David Montgomery's being drafted in the fourth round when... You know, he had that really, really, really easy schedule at the end of the year. It's the same exact thing as Jonathan Taylor. Over the same span, while Taylor was running back 19 in the first 10 weeks, Montgomery was running back 20. They had the same exact season. It's true, yes. So, yeah, I'm keep me, I'm keeping away from Jonathan Taylor, but not to hijack your running back segment. Well, I get it. So, moving on to the quarterbacks, though. Carson Wentz, folks, <clears throat> he's returning to practice. Look... It is August 23rd today, recording the Colts um, heat wave. As you know, we record every day throughout August and early September. Huh? That's not even the date. What's today? 23rd. That's what I said, August 23rd. Oh, I heard 4th. Idiot. Yeah, it's August 23rd, and the reports today are that Carson Wentz looks healthy, has a chance to play week one. It is obviously tough to gouge the situation at this point without seeing how healthy he really is, how much time he may or may not miss. So, disclaimer regarding the fluidity of Carson Wentz, because we honestly don't know. We're going to have to see if he comes back to practice and is performing well. Maybe he even gets into a preseason game, highly doubtful. Will he play week one? The fact that that's even in doubt is a little concerning. He just had that foot surgery, same as Quinton Nelson. They're on, like, the same exact timeline. It's concerning, for sure. And... All I know is this regarding Carson Wentz. Me and Jason hated him as a prospect out of college. <laughs> yeah. When he won MVP, we were like, "Did he, he won MVP, right? Or was it just an MVP-level season? He no, didn't win MVP because then he got hurt. He was like running Yeah, around. he had that MVP-level season, and me and Jason were like, damn, look at us. We're wrong, right? Oh, well. We, we, we got that one wrong. And then he just crashed and burned over these last couple seasons. Really crashing and burning last season was honestly, unarguably, one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league easily. Had a 16-15 to touchdown-to-interception ratio, including fumbles. He had more turnovers than he did touchdowns. Was 36th in true throw value. Was 39th in yards per attempt. He looked lost and didn't remember, and, and looked like he didn't remember how to throw at times last season. It all wasn't completely atrocious, though. All right, like... He was using his legs a little bit more, which you like to see, especially for fantasy football. He was 5th in average depth of target, 24th in deep completion percentage, which isn't great, but he was 6th in big plays. So he was still throwing it downfield a bit, which you like to see. The real question is, though, Frank Reich's offense now. Will the offensive line be that much better than it was in Philly? It is a better group, period. No doubt about it. But they're dealing with a ton of injuries. With their best player on the line, Quinton Nelson, already hurt. Will he be able to come back and be fully Quinton Nelson? Also, obviously, real quick, since we're on the topic of offensive line, because a lot of sack is also a quarterback stat. Quarterbacks need to know how to get rid of the ball. Carson Wentz last year, his sack rate was 9.9%. Yeah, it's bad. That has to do with offensive line, but it also has to do with Carson Wentz. Yeah. And look, the offensive line is better than Philly. Don't think I'm saying it's not. But they're dealing with a bunch of injuries, which just to start in the preseason is really not good. And then let's look at this offense, man. Is it really that much better than what he had in Philly? There were a million excuses last year about a supporting cast in Philly. And I get it. It wasn't good. But Jonathan Taylor, is he that much better than Miles Sanders? Um, 
Ertz and Goddard, obviously better than Jack Doyle and Moali Cox. And then we have Jalen Rager and Travis Fulgham and company. Are they that much worse than Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton and company? Like, it's not like he's going to the Broncos where he gets to throw to Sutton, Judy, and Fant. He's going to the Colts where he gets to throw to Michael Pittman and Jack Doyle. It's not like he's just joining this super team. The best, the best thing about the Colts is their running game, which is not helpful for Carson Wentz unless he becomes like this superstar who like becomes like a super efficient Ryan Tannehill type player, which I definitely don't foresee happening. He hasn't really proved he could be that guy. Right now his ADP in redraft leagues is QB 26 due to the injuries and such. That's fairly priced, I think. I'm not like actively targeting once, but at QB 26, you could do worse in like super flex leagues or best ball leagues. I just, I really don't see, like you said, I think it's going to be a run-based offense, and I really don't see Carson Wentz having some huge type of bounce back. Like he'll be, Look, I'll he'll just... be decent. In some games, but I also think he's just going to have some really bad fantasy games, too. I'll just follow up on you and get to the pass catchers. Because in his career, Carson Wentz, in true throw value, has been 36th most recently, 15th, and 18th. So, he's gotten worse in true throw value. He's been good for one season in in his entire life, if we're being honest. And he's never carried a wide receiver one, barely a wide receiver two. His best receiver has always been his tight end, Zach Ertz. He made Zach Ertz a top five tight end when Zach Ertz was a very good tight end. Don't get me wrong. But he has no yak ability. So it had a lot to do with the quarterback as well. And now his depth chart is T.Y. Hilton, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal, Mike Strachan. People want to talk about T.Y. Hilton's end of season streak, possibly. He ended his wide receiver 16, 6, and 5 in some of the last few weeks. But that was with Phillip Rivers, who honestly is better for um, receivers than Carson Wentz is. And then, how do we know Wentz? Dude, he had foot surgery and was going to be 5 to 12 weeks, and now it's on the short end, and he's probably going to start week one. How do we know that won't affect him? Paris Campbell has never stayed healthy. Zach Pascal is only good when he's T.Y. Hilton's replacement, it seems. So the question for me is, who's going to see the bulk of his targets? You're going to get to the tight ends. It could potentially be Mo Cox, Jack Doyle, that combo. If I'm going to take a shot on anyone, it's Michael Pittman. At the end of the day, sometimes you bet on talent. Talent needs to win out. And I don't think there's a question that the most talented wide receiver on that team is Michael Pittman. Like, I do not think that's a question at all. So last season, um, when draft time came, I wanted the Jets to get Michael Pittman very badly. They didn't. The Colts took him. So I was high on Michael Pittman. And now I'm just not. Like, I'm not interested in Michael Pittman this season. I understand the who else is going to catch passes there. But we are talking about a wide receiver who... This guy, real quick, just to go back to Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor for one second before I get back to Michael Pittman. I clearly do not have high hopes for this Colts offense this year. I'm basically fading the entire team. Um, So there's that. Back to Michael Pittman, though. Look, he had a decent rookie season, but there was absolutely nothing that impressed me about it or 
made me think he's ready to be a wide receiver one option. He was 60th in the league in true, th- in true target value and did 80th in points per game. Bro, Michael Pittman played 80% of snaps in 9 of 13 games as a rookie and only had 2 games greater than wide receiver 50. 2 games better than wide receiver 50 when he was almost an every down player. Now he's going as a wide receiver 45 off the board. So, yeah, wide receiver 45 isn't a very high cost if you think Michael Pittman could take a step up. But Pittman was not that great. He was pretty inefficient as a rookie. And I just don't see a Carson Wentz led, an injured Carson Wentz led offense producing big fantasy numbers out of wide receivers. At wide receiver 45, I'm not super interested in Michael Pittman. And then T.Y. Hilton, on the other hand, who's going off the board at wide receiver 56, has years of legit production to his name. And yes, he struggled last season, but he was coming off of an injury where he really struggled in the beginning of the year. And then down the stretch, he had three straight performances of wide receiver 16, wide receiver 6, and wide receiver 5. Each of the last five weeks, he was better than wide receiver 50. Something Michael Pittman only did twice the entire year despite being an every-down player. With Phillip Rivers, who wasn't atrocious. He was better than Carson Wentz was. I'd, I'd bet money that Phillip Rivers has a better season compared to Carson Wentz this season. I don't think Carson Wentz is like a huge upgrade by any means from Phillip Rivers. So I think T.Y. Hilton at wide receiver 56 is a better bet than Michael Pittman at wide receiver 45. And then Paris Campbell and Zach Pascal... I understand the interest in Paris Campbell, you know, the speed, second round pick, he has the draft capital, and then everyone wants to point to one game. Week one of last year, six receptions for 71 yards. Oh, man. (laughs) Six receptions for 71 yards. He has 24 receptions, 198 yards, and one touchdown to his name. He's been in the league for two years. And has played nine games. And he does not have 200 reception yards to his name yet. Yetzi. I understand the appeal of the high draft capital. Look, this guy had one good game in his career. But it's dumb. He's injured often. He's been generally just very unreliable and inefficient. And he has one wide receiver 27 finish. And everyone's acting like he's going to be nice now. He's everyone's favorite late round sleeper. He's going off the board at wide receiver 71, so I'm hyping him up a little bit when it comes to ADP. People aren't, like, reaching, reaching for him. But I feel like even then, like, wide receiver 71 makes a lot more, like, sense to take a shot on, like, a rookie or, like, a Diami Brown who's going later. Like, I 1,000% would rather draft Diami Brown than I would Paris Campbell. And then Zach Pascal, who likely will have a better season than Paris Campbell, is outside the top 100 receivers... Ends up having several weeks each year where he's reliable as a as a wide receiver on that team. So I think even he in super late in super deep leagues, it's not a bad dart throw, and in super deep best ball leagues isn't a bad dart throw at the end of drafts either. But I'm generally besides T. Y. Hilton, who I have a little bit interest in, generally keeping away from this Colts offense this year. Yeah, I don't I don't hate it. What any any love for the tight ends? Not really, because who's going to catch it? Doyle, Allie Cox. I mean, if they turn Allie Cox into a receiver. Yeah, Allie Cox, I've drafted a bit in best ball leagues. Like, Allie Cox is someone I'm 
I'm not actively avoiding. Like, I'll draft him as the tight end 30. I don't mind that. I could see Alec Cox being a waiver pickup this year. Yeah, me too. He was last year, even. And, and last year was not good for him, really, overall. <laughs> yeah. That's it for the Colts, kid. Yeah. What's the uh, one injury away, if there even is one? Yeah, the one injury away. It's just, one of those teams where it's nothing, right? Yeah, because like, then Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines would probably split the work. I think it's better for Hines when Taylor's healthy. Yeah, he would definitely get more rushing attempts. Yeah, I guess. I take that back. So I'd probably go Hines. I think he'd be more of a guy. I'm going to go Jack Doyle, because if Mo Ali Cox could get on the field more, then I'd like to see how that goes. All right. Well, that's it for the Colts. We don't love, clearly. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> let's hope Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger are not starting week one. Yes, let's hope for that. And even if they are... I mean, the even pirates, if they aren't... See? It's a pirate's life for me. I hope... Like, there's... This, this is what I mean when I uh, when I say I prefer... Who's Steve the Pirate? Like, seesaw running back approach, getting better wide receivers and running backs. There's going to be people who open their season with Michael Pittman as a starting wide receiver. And that that's not okay. That is not my job. And that's how I feel about it. All right. Bam, bam. Uh, that's it for the Colts. You can find us at Brodo... Fantasy, you can find me at BrotoFF Jason, Tim at BrotoFF Tim, Cass at BrotoFF Casanova, Michael at BrotoFF Mike. You could get everything at BrotoFantasy.com, uh, including the cheat sheet, which we just posted yesterday, which is an interactive sheet. Um, the players are ordered on the site only. Site only, yes. This is for desktop um, or laptop. The players are ordered in our rankings, and then you can click on them so that they. Um, darken so that you know they've been drafted. It's a super useful tool. Um, with that said, you could also support the show at patreon.com slash brotofantasy and please download the app. Um, Fantasy Football with Broto. And there's a giveaway right now for a free signed Ocho Cinco jersey. Who doesn't love Chad Ocho Cinco? Hey, yo. Um, all you have to do is put your Twitter at or email in the promo code section when you download the app. It's super easy. Download the app. Put it in the promo code section. That's it. We get the we see all of that information. We see the promo code you're putting in. And we'll just mark it down. And then you'll have an entry into the jersey contest. Every single person who does it as well. Tell your family. Tell your friends. You could have 20 entries for this jersey. And you'll probably win it. Because <laughs> that's True. a lot of entries. Yeah. You'd, at least you'd have a fair shot. No guarantees here. <laughs> but you'd have a fair shot when we throw it into the online randomizer. Anyway. Um, that's all. We'll see you tomorrow. Later. Heat wave.